Uh, well, welcome to the Gavid Cabin. We have my favorite guest to have anytime, any day, Mr. Doug Sylvester. How's it going? It's going pretty darn good, I'd have to say. The winter deep freeze has finally relented. Woo! Yes, it has. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. That, that was as coldest I can ever remember cold. And, Man, uh, it, it uh, got below minus 40 on the thermometer here. Not counting wind chill. Wind chill, I think, to, personally, I think wind chill for judging the temperature is bullshit. It yeah, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't I, I, really I, exist. Like, how do you measure that? How do you say, well, it's minus 40, but it feels like, no, it doesn't. Like, you don't yeah, know. Watts, watts per square meter or something. But yeah, there's a, yeah, it was, it was getting into the 40, 46. There's a farm out by where my wife grew up and it's kind of in a, in a hollow, in a kind of a low area. And it, and it hits, if it's 43 below in North Battleford, it's 47 below at this guy's oh. place. So it, was, it was like 47 below. And then whatever the wind was, there was a couple of those days where it was a 30 K an hour. Yeah. Wind, so. Well, and that definitely makes it feel colder. I just don't think you can measure it that accurately. <laughs> it's uh, it's always interesting when you talk to people from the coast and they say, um, you know, they say it's a dry cold here. And I suppose it is, but, it, but, but still minus, is. minus 10 with a really nasty wind and high humidity in BC still, I don't agree is as cold as minus minus 46 below. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I have experienced the East Coast, well, in the summer, but in, amazingly, it was like summertime. So it was plus 15 in Newfoundland, but there is that insane Atlantic wind mm-hmm. and it was cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's like it sort of chills you to the bone. Yeah. And then, yeah. One difference is it was pointed out to me by by a, a East Coaster was they said that the that the wind makes you cold, but your skin doesn't freeze. Like you don't get frostbite as quick because it's not quite, it's not nearly as cold, even though it right. feels horribly brutal. So, so there, there's my point about wind chill. Wind chill won't cause frostbite. It won't. Is that Temperature right? will. I, I don't know, but that sounds like it kind of will. Cause when you think about it, it, it like wind doesn't make things freeze quicker. Really? Well, I, th- I don't know. I Although disagree. maybe it, does because it, uh, it does take away the it takes the away heat. the heat yeah and so it might make your skin freeze faster if it's right windy. that's so. true well yeah because i mean you get wind burn which when it's cold is irritated by the cold which is almost like a mild frostbite but hmm. In- an interesting thing i'm just glad that it's all done and over and now we're the happy time of winter yeah me so. too well it it is beautiful out, and it was a little warm so it's melty and icy now um but it's not terrible uh it didn't really rain so i'm good with the warmth i'm i'm ready for it to be spring personally yeah i i i want to enjoy this next couple of weeks of kind of winter hanging on and hopefully it doesn't melt so so people aren't out breaking your hips and i don't have to remember to never walk with my hands in my pocket so i when i slip i have something to put down <laughs> well i i don't know about up there but it got to plus five yesterday here Oh yeah. So it's warm. That's, yeah. that's warm. Yeah. It's like summer. Warm. Yeah. Was, that's good. I was out in a t-shirt. Yeah. I, I'm going to put on, put on my Hawaiian shirt and, uh, and pa- uh, shorts go out, go out walking. I don't know. The mailman <laughs> will be walking, delivering the mail in, uh, in a, in his shorts. So. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can see that happening. It's nice and warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I could see it. So. Uh, but you probably want the snow to stick around with biathlon, uh, right? Yes, I do. I, I'm not that excited about the snow being totally gone. It's, uh, I, I want to, like I said, it kind of gets nice. It's nice to ski at this time of year and, uh, and it's, you know, it's sort of springy and, um, yeah, so here it, it's good. It'll probably, the snow will probably stick around till somewhere around the end of March here, just cause there's lots in it. It does warm up sometimes in the day, but, but, uh. But yeah, this is the glorious time for skiing. This is why people in Norway ski because their climate's like this kind of all winter mostly. So. Right. Yeah, just cold enough that it's not sticky, but warm enough that it's nice to be outside. Yeah, they get they get their the Gulf current blows warm air on them all winter, right? And, and they get lots of snow, so, so yeah, they're laughing. So. No, that makes sense. I see. I don't. I don't cross country ski, but I I do like snowboarding, um, and I haven't been out once this year. Uh, and drives me crazy because the one day we were going to go, it was plus two. 
Oh, so it would have been nice. It would have been nice, but man, that's sticky. Oh, is that right? I I, yeah. I don't know about snow. I thought it would be okay if it was snowboarding. You don't really care about snow well, being sticky. So no, I it, it's it's bothersome. Um, like when you're on a hill, uh, mm. downhill, and I went. I used to ski downhill skiing, and I found that too. If it was too warm, it was too sticky. Right. Um, I think you lose control because you're you're yep. not able to actually really move. You you try and especially in a snowboard, you're trying to turn onto your toe or your heel edge to steer. And your board's stuck to the freaking ground. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, last time I was at a ski hill was at Table Mountain here in North Battleford, and it's an excellent downhill ski snowboarding place. But I, I would just take my cross country skis and I would practice going uphill, and so it's really good climbing practice, and the trails <laughs> are groomed. So, so as long as you go kind of earlier in the morning when there's not many people there, you can really get a good hill workout. But uh, they didn't I, like it because I didn't. They said that my skis weren't good enough and i said well you know they, they'll come off and i said cross-country skis don't come off your feet they they're stuck on there so if it's gonna so they said no you have to have a tether on that so i i got some string and i made a little rope tether that i tied around my leg and tied it to the binding on my cross-country ski but these guys they, they said oh yeah that's good now it's good it'll pass so then i was able to go on the hill so i i can just imagine being on a ski lift and there's a guy with skis on his feet trying to trek up the hill underneath you. And you just go, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a few, what the hells, but uh, <laughs> yes, but it's a very good, good way to practice your uphill and actually practice going downhill fast too. Cause right. you can't really let your skis run out like downhill skis with cross country skis or cause you can't stop and you can't turn. So you, you essentially right. can't go too fast. So Interesting. See, I don't know a ton about cross-country skis. So what does the binding even look like compared to a downhill ski? Well, like the, the downhill ski uh, binding, you kind of lock into and then, and then it, and then it, it, and then if you torque it enough, you, you can get your foot out as in, if you fall, you, the ski will come off, you know, off your boot. Right. Cross-country skiing, you kind of, there's a little toe clip and then you, and then you, you sort of hit a little lever and it locks it in there. So it's not coming off. It's, it's uh if your ski comes off, it means your foot has twisted off. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but the main difference is that cross-country skis don't have uh, any metal edges or much edge on them. So, so you can't really steer like with downhill skis. And right. So and going are, are they, they're skinnier, right? Yeah. They're way more narrow. Skinnier. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're quite a bit, quite a bit skinnier for sure. So, and, and then they have a kind of a, a sort of a, the, bottom or the profile looks like a, a little bit like a bow almost so that you when you you push down on them they squish and then they kind of propel you and so oh. you don't you don't have that with downhill skiing either right oh that makes a lot more sense why you'd want to use them because it it definitely does help kind of push you forward that way yeah it's a it's a little bit like the skating skiing is a little bit like downhill skiing when you're trying to get between ski lifts and it's kind of mm -hmm. flat and you yeah. kind of got to ski and, and that's kind of close to the skating motion that you use with cross-country skis right um, which i knew that but i didn't know about the the back curve that oh yeah that's yeah. interesting well, yeah there were the curve just it's kind of it's like loading a bow when you pull back on the bowstring and it's like mm -hmm. it, you can load it and then it'll push you off when it snaps back so right hmm. very cool interesting so I, i've got some interesting news that i heard it might surprise you did you All know right. did you know that this the imperial cinnamon spread has been discontinued like you i don't know do you do you know even know what i'm talking yeah, about well it's kind of like margarine but cinnamony yeah. and delicious right cinnamony cinnamony and delicious is right and it's like <laughs> i was looking for it in the, the grocery store and well that's weird the co-op doesn't have it and so okay i'll check in other places that sell food that's not good for you like walmart and <laughs> they didn't have it and so, so I started checked it out, and apparently, Imperial Cinnamon Spread has been canceled or or Ooh. discontinued. I don't know. Maybe what the hell? I, I don't know. It, it it's beyond me why they would get rid of that stuff. That's because because it is just cinnamony goodness. So yeah. Well, I mean, man, it, you take a regular bun, you put that stuff on it. You got a cinnamon bun with no baking required. Yeah, no baking required is right. So it's like unless yeah, you had to make the buns. It, it it reminds me of all those cereals that uh, that that used to have when you're a kid that you don't have anymore. Like I, I don't know if you can still buy Apple Jacks. That used to be my favorite. Mm. But I I don't 
think you can. Well, they they have um, there's an Apple Cheerio. Apple I, Cheerios. I, I don't know if they make them anymore either, but that was one that I remember when I was a kid, and I'm pretty sure it was very similar to Apple Jacks. Right, right. I I I don't know. Apple Jacks are pretty much like you know like sugar pops with cinnamon on them, kind of. I think. Um, yeah. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. Again, delicious. It's like, and you used to be able to get them. They they used to sell a thing, and they may still do. But they, it like you could buy little twelve little camping packages of cereal, mm-hmm. and Apple Jacks were always in there. And so you'd go camping with your parents, and on the first day, I'd eat the Apple Jacks, and my sister would eat the Fruit Loops, and on the next day, I'd eat the Frosted Flakes, and she'd eat the Corn Pops. And then by the end of the trip, you're down to something called Pep, which is like leaves and sticks. And- <laughs> just horrible cereal it's left over it's good for nothing and so you, and then and then you had to try and eat it out of the box like yeah then pour milk in your box and there's milk running everywhere <laughs> See, i i had the exact same experience except it was it was still corn pops frosted flakes and fruit loops mm-hmm. uh the there dudes. was no there was no apple jacks um and instead of pep it was raisin bran Raisin bran, yeah. Raisin bran is a step above pep. <laughs> pep. Pep is sort of like the first Kellogg's version of bad granola. <laughs> oh, that sounds better than raisins, in my opinion. But well, ra- raisin bran, you got to be careful eating anything that says bran on it. It's uh, I know, uh, I know, I was out at the lake one time, and my <laughs> grandma and grandpa were looking after me, and I had wandered into the kitchen and had some, had a big, and I used to eat eat cereal out of a bowl. It was as big as I don't know, as your head almost. Um, I had a bowl full of things called bran buds. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I, I had my grandpa's bran buds, not knowing that uh, that bran bran is. Uh, oh no! It could cause some explosive disasters to happen. <laughs> those, I was just I, I was a twelve year old kid too. So those are potent. Potent is right. I don't know. It's like I, just be glad you weren't water skiing. <laughs> yeah i would have i would have made my own propulsion unit it's, it's like <laughs> oh man yeah yeah water, water skiing that's have you done any water skiing i have never water skied i i've tubed um maybe i tried wakeboarding i'm not sure but i don't think i've ever tried water skiing Really? Well, water skiing is kind of, kind of fun. You know, you being kind of a Southern boy, I thought maybe you've done something crazy where you kind of hook up the water skis and go in the ditch or something, but. uh... (laughs) No, see what I did with the ditch in the spring was an old bathtub. Ah, okay. So there you go. That tops water skiing in the ditch any day. (laughs) Oh yeah. And the one year I did it with a broken arm. And I, I put a garbage bag over my cast because I'm like, this is my time to shine. This is my time of year. I'm going down this ditch in a bathtub. I'm gonna gonna live. Yeah. Well, like- and then I, I realized partway down that, oh hey, there's a barbed wire fence in my way. Oh. And there's no way to stop. Like that water is fast. And so I was going under a bridge. And so I jumped, <laughs> I jumped out of my bathtub and with a broken arm, grabbed onto this bridge and pulled myself up. And sat on the bridge for a second and you know those moments where you do something and then the pain hits yeah yeah, that was one of those moments well that sounds like the prairie boys version of the uh those idiots that go over niagara falls in a barrel it's kind of like i don't know if they still do it i'm sure it's illegal but i'm sure there's still people that do it yeah and i I, and i'm i'm not i don't really know but i think there's people that have done it and lived and survived but yeah there is i wouldn't fit in a barrel well, you'd need a big barrel, but I'd I'd want one that would be self levitating if I was going off the <laughs> Niagara Falls. That that's a that's a pretty. I've seen that thing, and it's not a thing you would want to go over. <laughs> no, well, and it's not just the power of the water. Like there's some jagged freaking rocks at the bottom. Oh, jagged rocks, and it's and it's 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 really really high. It's yeah, a, it's an impressive thing. It's it's an interesting thing to go see the the American side of it. Isn't as cool. But the Canadian side is where the the real mm-hmm. I don't know it's a it's a spect it's like I don't know if it's a wonder of the world but it should be it's pretty I, amazing I I do believe it is actually but so the what, Canadian so what, side not the American side they don't get credit that's right just the Canadian <laughs> side so the uh, what what are the seven wonders of Lumsden seven wonders of Lumsden <laughs> um <laughs> the seven big tourist attractions 
well, there's the amount of mud on the undercarriage of my truck in the spring. That counts. What about um, like that, that ice cream place and the beef jerky place? So, yeah, so I'm getting to that. Um, yeah, so Jerky Boys beef jerky. Yeah. Top notch. Um, now, before the ownership changed, for sure, the Valley Pizza Restaurant pizza sauce. Valley Pizza sauce. I don't know if they have the same recipe anymore, though. That I have, I haven't tried it yet, but it was one of the top things. So that's two uh, or three, including the truck. No, you're already at three. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's well, once a year, there's the Duck Derby. That that's got to count. And you know what I would say is that there's a hill in Lumsden that is just so excellent for cycling on. It's like the it's like the, cyclists comes to, to yeah to ride their bikes up this punishing punishing. The amount of, of the amount of times I've been coming down that highway pulling like a big trailer or something, and I just can imagine my draft from the trailer pulling that poor cyclist <laughs> into the driving lane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. scares me. Well, it, it's not that hard to get sucked into to it, but but only if you're trying. It's like when a big truck passes you and you're going fast on a bike you realize that if you get in the draft, you can actually go a uh, hundred miles, hundred kilometers an hour on your bike, which is scary. Once you start getting over 80 kilometers an hour on a bike, you know that if your tire blows, you're just going to be a skid mark. So no kidding. That, that reminds me of a video I saw. Actually, there was a, uh, um, a dairy farmer hauling liquid manure in a like manure tank. Um, and have you ever seen one of those? They're, they're this massive tank. And they have a, a spreader hose or whatever on the back. Right. Because dairies have liquid manure. And anyway, so he's hauling this manure. And there was a cyclist right behind him that uh, <laughs> called the cops on him because he leaked just a tiny bit of manure out. And the cyclist was mad um, that there was manure getting sprayed at him, basically. But the funny part is that there's a reason why the cyclist was right behind the truck. And what's the reason he was drafting? Ah, yeah. Well, that's right. It's like you get a yeah. big draft off of a big vehicle. And if they're yeah. going, if they start at the, the hill sort of slow, cause sometimes they do, then you can get right behind them. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so some professionals, some professional cyclists will practice driving behind a, their coach will be in sort of a big RV or something. And they'll drive at, sort of like 40 miles an hour so that the cyclist can get practice going sort of at an over speed. But it seems like it would be kind of highly dangerous to draft big vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one thing when they know they're you're behind them, but it's a different thing when yeah they yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was funny that he's this cyclist trying to be all fit, but he was drafting Well, um, sure and then got shit sprayed at him. It's kind of like when you're on a ferry, you're never supposed to look up into the sky when someone says, I wonder if that seagull is going to kind of poop on your boots. <laughs> Don't look up. <laughs> I've only got, uh, I had a bird shit in my eye once. Well, that, that's good. <laughs> I guess. <you> <laughs> did you, did you see it coming? <laughs> no, I didn't. No. Did you get a chat? Did your, did your reflexes make you close your eyes before it got? No. No, no, it was just like, it, I didn't even know where the bird was. I was just kind of looking around and all of a sudden, what the hell? There's something in my eye. And then I, and then I wiped it and looked with the other eye. Oh, it's white. Wow. There Great. you go. That's, that's, that's even worse than probably eating mosquitoes. So yeah, I had to commend the bird on its aim though. Yeah. Well, right in the eye. That's um, but incredible. a little while later I got, I don't know if it was the same bird, probably not, but I hit a bird with a golf ball. Oh, really? So like a Dave Winfield, he hit him with a baseball once, but you did it kill the bird? I should. Oh, say. yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you uh, have to do any public service or, you know, like... Uh, this is the first anybody's going to hear of it. Okay, this is... But you, you, So this is this is just a potential story that you're potentially telling. I, know, I mean, uh, who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe some news people are going to come after me and show up at my door. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. They might just... The, it's like don't tell the CBC. There, the Dave Winfield. There's a there's a famous baseball player playing for I don't know if it was Blue Jays, but is in Toronto and and he was he was a big strong athlete and he saw a bird and he just sort of 
got up and hucked a ball at one end and all it was is just feathers it's just so yeah so then it was kind of on tv and it was no one could deny that it happened and he had to I, th- I think he made a donation to the SPCA and he had to oh. apologize. Okay. I, think, I think he really was trying to hit the bird. Well, that's one thing. <laughs> I was not. What what happened was I was practicing driving with old, like junky golf balls here at our home like yard. And I was hitting them off the lawn into this bush that we have right next to a slough. Right. That's and and so I'm just, I'm driving them and I'm hitting them as hard as I can. Cause it's, it's like a quarter mile to the road. So I know I'm not going to hit them anywhere near anybody else. Anyway. So I hit one and I hear, thunk, and I look up and there's a puff of feathers right next to a tree. So <laughs> this poor little probably sparrow or something was sitting on a tree and just accidentally got hit with my golf ball. And I just see the big puff of feathers. Oh, that's kind of, kind of, uh, sad in some ways disheartening it, it was it was sad but it was also like man what kind of bugs bunny world am i living in yeah really i know uh, my brother-in-law is a good story and i don't know how true the story is anymore but uh, or how much of it is based on truth and how much of it has been embellished but he tells me this story where there's a couple of old fellas in a old folks home or they're sitting on the, the back porch or something and and they're uh, they've got fish hooks without barbs on them mm-hmm. and fishing rods and they're putting and somehow they're getting cheesies on these hooks and they're casting for for seagulls <laughs> off their back porch and the seagulls would eat the eat the french fry or the or the whatever it was that they would but then they, and then they would reel them in <laughs> and the, the seagull would kind of fight with them and then of course they would just they would get the seagull close enough and then take the hook out of his mouth and let the seagull go and then they reel him in again cast it out so i think they may have gotten in trouble with some kind of authorities because i don't think you're supposed to fish for actual seagulls well but here's the interesting thing is you're allowed to do that with fish but if it's right. a seagull people would frown upon that because it's a bird and it's not a fish i don't personally like what's one and the not the other yeah, and like, what the heck is with seagulls anyway? Why are there seagulls in Saskatchewan? Because the sea is not very near. So, well, te- I see here. Here's a nerd fact for you. See, I was I was a uh, really into birds when I was younger. Okay. I found out that we don't actually have seagulls in Saskatchewan. What do we have? We have two types. We have what's most seen, which with the the white head and the big yellow beak with the ring yeah. around it, is right. the ring-billed gull. Ring-billed gull. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the other one, which everyone thinks the ring-billed gull is called, but it's not. It's got a green head, and it's the Franklin gull. Really? So there is different kinds of gulls, but neither are seagulls. No, because there is actually a seagull. Uh, well, I know. Yeah, there's there's a real actual sea. I know that um, I used to tell my kids when they were three or four years old that the that the Kentucky Fried Chicken, the the birds for the Kentucky Fried Chicken, they lived. They were seagulls and they lived in the barrel of the Kentucky fried chicken. And then when they needed, when they needed like chickens to cook up for the customers, they would just get them out of that big barrel right in front of the restaurant and then they would fry them up. And then that was, that was Kentucky fried chicken. But, uh, well, there's some pieces of KFC that have been so small. I've wondered that. Well, KFC is still one of the best favorite things to eat. If you're ever in a, a, a mood of, wanting to have a brand buds experience <laughs> the next <laughs> that, day. It is so good though. And, and, and the French fries and the gravy at KFC, that is the best. So. Mm-hmm. See, last time I had it, the gravy felt a little lackluster to me. Oh like, my gosh. I've like never... it wasn't as good as it used to be. Oh, wow. It's like you're old enough to start talking like that. Yes. Back in the day, <laughs> remember well, Kentucky see... fried chicken gravy was so good. <laughs> the, the only thing with that is when we lived in the city when i was a little kid we lived right like a block away from a kfc mm-hmm. so guess what we had a lot <laughs> ah so it wasn't a treat for you then yeah well it I was know. but it wasn't it, it was our it was our customary family thing that whenever we whoever go get groceries that was the the, the prize for getting groceries we'd stop and get kentucky fried chicken on the oh. way home from the grocery store so that was sort of like you know the i have good reminiscing good times kind of thoughts of kfc but uh yeah that's that's cool i was at a wedding where kfc catered Hmm. 
KFC catered. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. uh, that's an interesting thought, hey? Yeah. Um <laughs> And it was like a like an outdoor wedding, so there wasn't any bathrooms. It was just porta potties. So that was, that was fun. Like three hours later during the dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You want want to keep, uh, keep people would be two stepping really fast on their way <laughs> out to the out to the outside bathrooms. So. <laughs> oh geez, we we haven't talked about anything of uh, value at all today, Justin. <laughs> no, no, we haven't. But you know, the. <laughs> Value is in the eye of the beholder. See, now getting back to my my uh, soapbox thing about the cinnamon imperial cinnamon spread being discontinued, it's like, you know. <laughs> that, that is shocking. Um, it, is, it is a shocker. Why would they do that? It, it, it'd be, it, it just seems like people would want that stuff. Maybe, they'll, maybe they're doing it. It's like a strategy like old Coke and new Coke. They're getting rid of old Coke, so you'll want new Coke, and then they bring back <laughs> old Coke. And, um uh well maybe i mean i i don't know if imperial margarine is that much of a marketing tycoon you know i don't i don't know i i do know that like it, it sort of i just came up with the the thing that happened and maybe in your lifetime or maybe not but they they had a they had a, an attempt heinz tried to make ketchup that was kind of oddly colored and they, mm. they had green ketchup and mm-hmm. then there was another one called Royal Purple Ketchup, and and I'm a ketchup fanatic, and and I couldn't tell a difference in the taste between the, the, the kinds because we did the actual tests, but man, I could not stomach eating purple ketchup. I don't yeah, know. that that just doesn't seem like a condiment color. It's wrong. It is. It yeah. is totally hundred percent wrong. It's, it's maybe brown, brown, red, yellow, and green. Right. And purple is not one of the colors. No. So, no. So, oh, and white. Because there's like yeah, mayonnaise. Yeah, mayonnaise. It. Yes, that's yeah. right. Or, or Miracle Whip, because we have to have that and not mayonnaise. It's like, don't buy mayonnaise when you're supposed to buy Miracle Whip. That's oh, you, you poor, poor man. Yes. Yes, I've made that mistake. On- I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a Whip fan. Okay. Well. <laughs> I just not, not my thing. I want the real thing. Good old, good yeah. old Hellman's. Hellman's yeah, Hellman's mayonnaise is good. That's for sure. Mm, yeah. So. yeah, mayonnaise. Yeah, that's. Mm. Get, I'm, I'm thinking of like it's going to be summer soon. It's like nothing beats a good roasted hot, hot dog cooked on a fire kind of thing. So, so that that leads me to a question: What is your ideal hot dog toppings? Um, I would. Well, for starters, I could say that the best hot dog that I ever ate was outside after the Grey Cup game in Calgary. And it was at its outside. It, it, outside at a it is the best way to eat hot dogs for some reason. So, um, but I would put on it. I, I like chili cheese dogs are good. I like uh, hot dogs with onions in them, and mainly they have to have ketchup, and mm-hmm. so no mustard. So I'm that. That's the only things that I would put on is cheese, onions, um. And chili, chili cheese dog would be all of those would be optional, but definitely there would have to be ketchup on it. Period. That's the no. main thing, and no, no mustard. Yeah. And what about you? Um. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't like mustard on my hot dogs. Uh, I like it on like ham sandwiches, but not on hot dogs or anything. So, usually, if I'm making a hot dog at home, I want onions, relish, um, a pickle, some ketchup, and cheese. And cheese so it's you're kind of a loaded type of oh yeah, yeah oh and sauerkraut and sauerkraut oh that's so 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 is that a, a german thing or a ukrainian thing or what is that who would put sauerkraut on it it's like i think it's german because well, i german. I, grew, I grew up with a good bratwurst or german mm-hmm. garlic sausage or something oh, okay yeah yeah so that's that's kind of like hot dogs at baseball games i think you can get those sauerkraut ones mm-hmm. yeah well in the, like i think where i figured it out was uh auction sales oh because <laughs> you, you'd have the condiment little little thing before covid and like yeah. coughing on food was bad it was it was open to the air flies could land on it but there was onions and pickles and yeah. relish and sauerkraut and stuff and you'd buy your hot dog buck ass <laughs> naked and you go over <laughs> to the condiment station and you fill it up yeah yeah, yeah, that's why I love the the Fuddruckers Hamburger place because you oh. go and put on a, a gallon of like that orange, I don't know, 
edible oil product cheese that that's my my favorite thing with that was the fries i would drench it in a little bit of mayo some a a little bit of ketchup and so much cheese sauce that it wasn't fries anymore yes that's right it's kind of like uh kind of like justin's poutine version it it almost was borderline like potato cheddar soup at that point there you go and nothing wrong with it i did the exact same thing that's like uh you just want to you sort of think to yourself hmm I, i guess if i just pour these fries on this sort of little red checkered napkin kind of thing it it's probably not dirty right <laughs> and, and you just quirk the cheese on yeah that's the way you do it so. now he, here's here's a question with fuddruckers did you have i've only done this a couple times but it was amazing have you ever taken the whole burger and like put all your toppings on whatever but then assembled the whole burger under that cheese and covered the whole thing no that is totally weird <laughs> it's it's life-changing is what it is you have to eat it with a fork and knife <laughs> yeah. but that bun gets so soaked with cheese ah, it's mind-blowing yeah. there you go and and you know i don't do it because i'm always so full at eating at fuddruckers that uh, they have really good milkshakes at, at oh, that place too mm-hmm. so but again I don't get to Fuddruckers very often, so I eat the whatever, get the burger, and don't have room for any milkshakes or any extra desserts. But uh, yeah, well, I, I kind of miss the days when I was maybe like from twelve to sixteen. I would be able to get the big, big one-pound patty with fries and a milkshake, and then yeah. as we're out going out the door, be like, "Hey, can we get pie?" Can we grab a pie on the way? Yeah, sure. <laughs> their their pie is amazing too. Yes. Yeah. Fuddruckers. I don't know where where that even came from. I don't think it's related to Rutgers, but it might. It be. is. It is related. Yes. So, um, yeah, I learned this with the Saskatoon thing because there's a Rutgers in the parking lot of Fuddruckers, and right. That right. that all came from, like, I think the Saskatoon one is the the epitome where there's like there's the Rutgers, there's the batting cage, there's the restaurant, and it was like a whole family fun emporium. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's you could go and get hit oh, and by a mini golf, mini golf, and now there's a climbing wall there, and you can go and eat Fuddruckers, hang out, get hit by a 95 mile an hour fastball. Yeah, I figure I figure it'd be a good place uh, for a person to. T- take someone on a date this is what i thought but never never managed that i just went there to eat so (laughs) (laughs) sorry um i feel that i feel that so hard um you you think man this would be a great place to go with someone on a on a date and have a, a nice evening as i sit here alone eating my food yeah yeah as i sit here well i would go with other human beings mostly but it was Usually See, it was a bunch of my engineering friends. So it was kind of like a bunch of guys are used to sitting at home alone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Reading Star Trek books, that sort of stuff. <laughs> Discussing uh, thermodynamics and enthalpy. <laughs> hey, that that's, that's some good burger and beer conversation. Yeah. Always, always enthalpy is good to talk about when you're drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. Bernoulli's principle of fluids. So. <laughs> my, that this is completely random, but it just kind of got me thinking about thermodynamics led into physics in my brain. My favorite physics phenomenon. Have you ever seen a Rupert's drop Prince Rupert's drop? No. What is that? So it's a, it's a piece of glass. They, yeah. they melt molten glass. Yeah. And then into a, a bucket, a vessel, whatever of cold water, they okay. drop a big glob of molten glass oh, and cool. it, trails into there's a big uh sphere at the bottom mm-hmm. where it just naturally forms and then it has this tail that twirls around and they're usually close to probably like six feet long but like curved around no way um and so like the whole thing is maybe like two or three feet and it's interesting because the actual bulb at the end is indestructible hmm. um, because the glass molecules are shocked and so they're just bound together so strongly that you can't break that. Um, oh. And it's 
anybody who hasn't seen this, look up videos of a Prince, Prince Rupert's drop. I, I will do that because that's a very engineering kind of thing. It's like, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's fascinating. But so the ball is indestructible. But at the very tip of the tail, this thin little piece of glass, if you as much chip it with a pe- like pliers or something, mm-hmm. the entire thing explodes. Cool. That's, and that's... It, it's just the way that the atoms chain together when they're shocked with the temperature change and the way glass right. molecules react in mm. such a way. I don't know exactly the science explanation, but I've watched lots of videos on it because it's fascinating where at one end, they're so compressed um, that are not so compressed, but they're they're so strongly chained together that you cannot break that apart unless you go to the other end where they're compressed and they're volatile. Interesting. So you may have compression and tension in the same piece of glass and, and glass being neither solid nor liquid sort of in its state. It's kind of, I, I forget what they call it, a non-Newtonian liquid or I'm not sure. Well, it, I don't think it would be a non-Newtonian fluid unless it's in a molten state. It might count. Yeah, it, it might. I know that glass still, maybe this is old glass, old fashioned glass used to flow. So if you had old glass, it was it would sort of pile up at the bottom of the windowsill and be thicker on that part of the window. Oh, than at interesting. The top. But that was maybe back in the 1700s or who knows when. So that's before that, my time. That's interesting still. So I didn't know that. It flows, but slowly. But I don't know if so, modern glass does that, that. Well, that would technically be a non-Newtonian fluid then. Yeah. So so maybe maybe modern glass still flows like that, except very, very, very slowly. So maybe yeah holy well, man non-newtonian fluids are one of my favorite things too <laughs> and th- you'll appreciate this as a ketchup fanatic because ketchup is technically classified as a non-newtonian fluid really yeah that well non-newtonian? especially like the, the old thicker stuff that's in the glass bottle mm-hmm. and when you think about it it's very true yeah when when the way it comes out yeah because when you're you're slamming it with force it doesn't move but if you let it just kind of slowly drip and it, it, it has nothing to do with a vacuum. Anybody who thinks that's just ridiculous. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> okay. I, I was thinking that maybe, but that maybe not. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Maybe it's true, but like, cause I thought that when I was a kid that, Oh, it must be a vacuum in there. And that's why it won't come out because it's hard to get air in. But when I was learning about non-Etonium fluids, they said that ketchup is, and the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. If you have that old style ketchup that's thick in the glass bottle, that there's there's no pressure squeezing it out like a plastic bottle. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just having to flow under its own right, right. properties. Right. And when you smack that bottle, nothing usually happens. And except like if you smack it on the side hard enough that it just jiggles loose but it comes out in a plop mm-hmm. not not pouring out uh but if you if you let it just hang upside down for a while it starts dripping and pouring <laughs> yes. anyways I, I i i i'm fascinated by that the physics of that just the physics of ketchup you could be a science teacher man no my my education is off science youtube channels okay so my my favorite one is smarter every day that's that's a really cool channel smarter every day well that's a good that's a good thing to aspire to be smarter every day or less stupid every day yeah that would be my corollary to that he's the guy that i learned about prince rupert drop uh, from those videos he actually shot one of the the large ends with a a pistol and it didn't shatter and it didn't shatter that's that's incredible so sort of like kevlar or something yeah it's 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 amazing like because you'd think any glass if it like glass is one of the hardest materials on earth mm-hmm. but it's very volatile and fragile even though the the actual hardness of it is immense yeah it's hard yeah yeah but with the way this this thermal energy happens with the exchange with the big drop it can't be shattered on the one end but it can on the other no, I wonder what would happen on the moon if you did this. It's probably the same thing. I wonder how it would react because the the gravity is so 
much less like is it is it's it one, like a third one, of the gravity or what is what is sixth, the ratio a sixth, a sixth i think right so i wonder if that would affect it or if it is hmm well interesting who who can say for sure well i'll start building the rocket okay <laughs> I will get some you, you figure Newtonian out. fluids, ketchup to try. Sounds Purple good. Ketchup. <laughs> in space, ketchup in space. There's a movie title. Yeah. That, do they have ketchup on the space station? I'm sure they must because would astronauts, could they convince otherwise to go into space if there was no ketchup? They yeah. wouldn't have anybody in the program, so... That's true. Fun fact, uh, growing up, I was planning on getting my degree in mechanical engineering so that I could enter the uh, CSA space program. Really? That's, uh, yeah, I was, I was always in school. I was accused of taking up space in school. I don't know what my teachers meant by that. but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't think they meant that, Doug. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> uh yeah i um yeah i toured the um the kennedy space center mm-hmm. in florida and the houston space center um and i was fascinated with everything to do with space cool the yeah. uh space space i should i've been at that place too i know uh my wife has put it on her bucket list to see a rocket go off it's like and, and we actually wrote it down because we want that goal to come true and i, I want to go see vimy ridge she put she wants to see a rocket blast off into space so so uh so we're gonna do that at some point because i would have loved to have seen one of those saturn saturn five rockets going off <laughs> yeah that's well now you're gonna have to go to russia yes they don't have those big big ones no the america the anymore they're all this elon musk rockets that land by themselves well, now so yeah but i guess you could go see his launches with the the futuristic looking yes um so so here's the thing you may not know of there's a show called for all mankind on i think it's apple tv and uh, the premise is that uh you know how the americans got to the moon and all that the first small step for mankind yeah well the russians got there in this in this universe oh okay it's kind of a historical account of what would have happened if the russians got to the moon first very interesting, very well done, kind of uh, kind of like the right stuff, but it's a it's a it's a space geeky kind of series from I think it's hmm. Apple. I don't know. They come on. There's so many different streaming services, and who knows what they all are. But I think that might be. You know, it's a good show though for all mankind. Hmm. I'll have to look it up. Uh, so, it is hard to tell where what streaming service everything's oh, yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and you know, it hasn't changed. Is it's still hard to find a good movie because. <laughs> Go on Netflix and try and find a movie if you think it's Friday and then it turns into like, you know, Saturday morning at 1 a.m. You still haven't found a good movie and you've watched six episodes of The Office because you're, uh, you know, well, I can always watch The Office. So <laughs> they Netflix added a play something button. So it's like shuffle. Shuffle. It, it, it works off your, your like your trends of what movies and shows you've watched. Right. Where you just play that, push that button, and it just brings up something that it thinks you're gonna like. It should bring up something that not that it thinks that I'm gonna like, but that thinks that I'm gonna like, and also is rated like five stars out of five or four stars out of five instead of some of the garbage that comes up on that. This would be good for Doug. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is garbage. So, I... <laughs> um, they just got a few new movies actually, not new, really? but new to netflix uh last yeah. night we watched captain phillips is it good yes very good. good movie um if you haven't seen it definitely watch it it's it's intense and it's tom hanks movie so it's two hours long so, so is that the one where the guy lands the airplane on the river or is that the one where the guy's in a somalian kind of pirates thing the, the pirate one but sully the plane one is also on netflix okay. i tried watching that one a few months ago um, and here's a fun fact about me. I have a fear of planes crashing. Really? I've been on over 350 flights in my life. All commercial flights, obviously. But I always have had a fear of the plane crashing. And especially, for some reason, in water. 
that freaks me out more than crashing on land. So here I am trying to watch a movie about a plane crashing in the Hudson. <laughs> uh, how to terrify oneself by watching a movie. Yes. I, I got about 40 minutes in and I had to quit. Yeah, I always think Sully is like a character off Monsters, Inc. or something. It's like, <laughs> so, yeah. Can't get past that. Um, yeah, so it, it was a good movie from what I watched, but it, the, the, it got the best of me after that. But there's, there's quite a few. Um, but Captain Phillips is really good. Captain uh, Phillips. There's, I'm writing it down as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> there's another. Actually, we just made a list on Netflix of all the movies we want to watch. And I'm trying to think of. There was a couple others. Uh, oh, Rocky's on Netflix now, so that's good cool. Old, good old Rocky, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, Hacksaw Ridge is a great yeah. one. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, I, I've I've seen. I saw the first Rocky at the at the movie theater. <laughs> it wasn't even called Rocky. It was no. It it was about it was his first Sylvester Stallone movie. It wasn't Are, called what, Rambo. It wasn't Rambo. called Rambo. It was called first something Blood. else first blood but it didn't yeah. say rambo that was no. just the guy in it no and, that uh, came later because there was first blood first blood two and then rambo three and then they start calling them all rambo one, yeah. one two and three yeah so well, there you go i'm i'm a big it's first blood was actually filmed in british columbia really yeah so, hope hope british columbia yeah. and they uh they filmed like hope british columbia was ironically hopeless it was it was uh in a very impoverished state because mm-hmm. of the logging industry at the time and that that was its only industry and so they filmed this movie there because they had basically no budget and um in the scene where in the very end where the buildings are blowing up mm-hmm. those are real buildings really they just they, pay, they just... it was cheaper to pay the town and the owners of the buildings to let them blow up some of their old buildings <laughs> than to build sets we should get some movies in north battleford then (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hope i think that's the place where i don't know where it was in the 1900s there's like an avalanche that sort of wiped out or buried half the town or some kind of horrible thing it might have been or there was nearby i've been to that site um the hope slide it's called i think i think it was yeah um, so maybe they just really have bad luck, but first blood was filmed there because it was, it looked like Washington, but it was cheap and they let them destroy half the town. Well, that would be fun to walk into a town. Hey, I'd like to buy that house. Uh, and do you mind if I blow it up? <laughs> yeah. Cause they, they just did not care. Um, and some, I think some of the businesses had been abandoned, um, because I watched a special on it and I, I think some of them had been abandoned. And uh, so they were like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so interesting uh, enough, but yeah, that's a uh, Rocky and first blood are amazing movies because he was a unproven actor and there was absolutely no budget, um, especially Rocky because that was Sylvester Stallone's own script. Really? So and there you go. He'd written it himself. He was living in Hell's Kitchen um, in a single room apartment, not a one bedroom, but a single room apartment in New York, Hell's Kitchen, New York. And he had no money. And he wrote this script um, and he started pitching it to studios and he actually had a bite on it. Um, and they were going to pay him a decent amount, but uh one of his things was he wanted to play the main character because he he but because he kind of wrote it similar to his own life right so he, um and so he wanted to to play the character because it was a very personal connection to the story um and they said no and so he said well i'm not selling it to you then and so he waited till he found a studio that was basically going to give him no money but he was able to act in it and so they did that and so that, like, when he's running through the streets of Philadelphia and everything, none of those people are extras. Those are just people. Oh, so, so there you and go. And so some of the odd reactions that you see here is because there's a freaking camera following this guy jogging. <laughs> and they're like, what the hell? In sweatpants. Yeah. And uh, so it was a really low-budget movie, but it became one of the biggest movies of all time. Um, and it was all just 
Sylvester Stallone going, I'm, I'm determined that I'm going to make this movie and I'm going to be able to pull it off. And nobody wanted to hire him either. Cause he sounded like, this all like nobody thought that he would be an actor. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he uh, yeah. That's amazing that that's the sort of the Genesis of that. He's like an empire unto himself now. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's a pretty powerful man. Yeah. So. It's, it's interesting. Cause like, I, I'm a big fan of him because of his beginnings and he was such a poor kid. Um, and even like to the point of Rocky, his speech had gotten so much better, uh, from when he was, uh, uh, growing up, like mm-hmm. he could barely speak then. Um, and he, he worked on it a bit. And then once he got money, he worked, worked with the speech therapist. Right. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of his and Rocky is really fascinating to me. Cause if you watch through the Rocky series, mm-hmm. it kind of, um, reflects his life where it starts as this really impoverished guy that has this one thing come up and kind of starts to turn things around. And then by the time you get to, I think it's the third or the fourth Rocky movie where he's lost touch with his roots and he's got so much money and yada, yada. And that's kind of apparently what happened with him was like, he started building so much steam that he lost touch with his roots and apparently became a little bit of an asshole. He fired a guy for looking at him wrong on a set so well i'm glad <laughs> sylvester has come a long way he has a great name so. yeah yeah <laughs> i that's uh that is true doug doug sly sly stallone doug sly yeah <laughs> um sly. yeah so it's a fascinating history anyways yeah rocky's on netflix now um there was another one uh that we just put on our list uh oh gangs of new york Gangs of New York. I have seen that. That's that's Leonardo, whatever his name is. is yeah, it? Or... I I haven't seen it yet, but it looks good. Apparently, it's a I think legendary it is movie. Yeah, I've seen it. It's good. Yeah, yeah, and it's got Daniel Day Lewis in it, I believe. That's I think right. He yeah, place there. There are a bunch of rough customers in eighteen hundreds New York, and it's mm-hmm. quite. It seems like a pretty good period piece kind of thing. So. Yeah, interesting. But there, there's my movie recommendations for the week. Uh, tune in next week for maybe more. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> well, uh, thanks for hanging out in the Gavin Cabin once again. Awesome. That was that was a blast. We well, covered everything from ketchup to <laughs> non-Newtonian fluids and cinnamon spread, <laughs> plus movie recommendations. So you know, people get more for the more than they bargain for when they tune into the the podcast when uh, when you're here oh that's that's what we're we always try to over uh, over deliver <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right all right talk to you soon justin you bet